Hey, Rufus, how are you doing in your one and done? Or do I not want to know? Because unfortunately, Jeff, you're having trouble remembering to do your one and done. You know, I think that people entering one and dones that I'm in are, are in a good position because I'm a massive donator. I just, I have forgotten two of the five weeks to set, uh, to pick a golfer. In the in one right. of the weeks, maybe I did we remember, need to talk to our. It was three yeah. minutes before the tee before players teed off. So, I think I need a better process, so, Jeff, a better system. We also maybe need to talk to our friends at Splash Sports about having a personal Rufus notification thing that's in the product. Maybe they I should would love that. that in the product roadmap. But don't worry, Rufus. We have a new one and done starting. It's a bet the process one and done starting for the Sega Genesis. Not, not the Sega Genesis. The Sega the Genesis, Genesis Open. Open. A new way for me to uh, donate money week. to our listeners splashsports.com slash btp okay join that make sure i'll remind you that's for our listeners it's a i think uh twenty five thousand dollars in prizes which is great and splash sports is a great company that's making a lot of these office pool one and done survivor type games much easier so again go to splashsports.com slash btp and then we're gonna have a pretty fun conversation with two of our good friends Zach and Matt Davidow, where we're going to talk through a lot of Super Bowl betting angles and props. And then we end with actually a very interesting conversation about why DraftKings probably owes betters 200 some million dollars and maybe they will pay or maybe they won't pay. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, bet. Bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to a very special episode of Bet the Process. It is the Super Bowl edition of Bet the process. And with that, we will have a new format that we don't normally have where we jump right into our guests because we have two very special guests. Um, are you guys brothers? Because you look like you could be brothers. No, uh, did you, we have did you see the graphic I sent Rufus of the, the yeah, that's what, I, that's what I was, that's what I was talking about. So we, I, I would love to like, we'll put that out on our Twitter so people can see what you really look like. David, I doesn't know what we're talking about, but well, um, I'll send it to him. We have we have Zach White and uh, Matt David out, two professional sports bettors, or in one case, a former professional sports better, in one case, a current. And what we'd love to do is give you guys a glimpse into the professional better's life as it pertains to Super Bowl week. Um, lots of people do these prop shows, and Rufus is uh, tired of them, so he wouldn't let us do one of those. So instead, we decided to have people coming on and, and talking a little bit about just betting on the Super Bowl. So what does this week look like for you guys? And obviously, David, Al, you can harken back to what it used to look like. I think it's interesting, you know, Zach, tell us a little bit about what your plan is for the next couple of days. Yeah, um, I'm going to fly tomorrow. I got one stop to make down in Mississippi. Um, there's a couple of sports books down there that are unique and cash some tickets out, head to Vegas Thursday. I expect at this point, if we haven't already bet it, then it'll probably be Saturday and Sunday, um, kind of coming back against some public moves and stuff like that. So getting settled in Vegas for the weekend and then just planning on working all day Saturday, probably go out to Arizona to bet some of those uh, mobile sports books across the border there. 
Um, and then Sunday morning, you know, depending on how traffic and how crazy it is in town, you know, betting a few over the counter spots uh, before holding up in Rufus's condo and firing the uh, the apps right up until kickoff. I miss that shit. I gotta come. I gotta. I gotta, I gotta join you on a trip sometime, a short trip or something. That that sounds like fun, dude. It's it's it's. I mean, that's kind of the fun of it. Yeah, like old times. Uh huh. Uh-huh. We don't get Somehow a lot of this anymore. <laughs> what do, what are you guys into? Like Rufus, you're in Vegas right now. Is it does it feel different already, or does it like what is how's the feel right yeah, now? Yeah, I mean, it feels like Seattle right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. I'm looking out right now, the mountains, and I can't even see them because of the clouds and the rain. And it's been mm-hmm. like this for like the last four days. So, but in terms of how it feels, it doesn't. I don't know. I think it's gonna be interesting because um, there's so many football people and media people and. Super Bowl people here, you know, I mean, I haven't noticed a difference yet. I'm going to, I'm going to head down to Mandalay Bay this afternoon. I'm talking with Drew Dinsick on his show. And so I get like, you know, I signed over my life to the NFL to get a media credential or whatever for the day. That's so I'm cool. going to get to sort of see what that circus is like. Is he going to introduce you to Taylor? Hopefully. I'm going to keep trying that joke till it works. <laughs> going to land at some point. <laughs> Do you, I mean, do you guys anticipate the fact that the Super Bowls in Las Vegas having any different impact on the Las Vegas lines? I mean, how can you not? I, I think it will. It'll be really interesting to see. What do you think, Zach? I, I, I certainly hope so. I mean, the, Vegas has always been a destination to go to to watch the Super Bowl. So like a lot of, a lot of money and a lot of gamblers come in, you know, any normal Super Bowl when it's not held there. So this one should, in my mind, it should be even, you know, twice as big as far as the amount of the tourism dollars that come to town and hopefully the gamblers, you know, they're, they're gamblers that come to town and want to bet on it. So I'm hoping we see, you know, especially with the the shops that are unique to Nevada still, or at least semi unique to Nevada, we, we really get some, some interesting movement, you know, and interesting positions to take, you know, the, I think the nationwide books, the DraftKings, the FanDuel's and the Caesars and whatnot will kind of stay, you know, the sharps are going to kind of keep them in check, but, you know, we, we might see some value with, with a few books out in Vegas that, you know, don't have the opportunity to hit it from anywhere in the world. There's more money there in Vegas this week, too, because of the people going to the Super Bowl. I mean, think about the private jets. People like to bet. And when they're in Nevada, they're going to be able to bet in the Nevada app. So I, I would I would hope like if, if I ran a Nevada book, I would really be trying to like get the limits up. Make it well. It's not easy necessarily to 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 sign sign up for an app in Nevada. But if I had any, like I would be thinking originally about how do I promote a good way for the people coming in to sign up for the app to get you know involved in my sports book. It seems like a great promotion. Also, how awesome is it? I mean, how many years ago was it that like was it Tony Romo that got in trouble for like saying hi at a fantasy conference in Las Vegas? And now they're actually playing the darned Super Bowl there. That's a, that, that's a, that's Pretty amazing cool. for for everything. Well, well, back in the back in the day when we were all first starting, you couldn't bet on lo- local sports, right? Like when UNLV was playing, you couldn't. They it was unlined in the in the Vegas sports books, right? right? So, I mean, that's probably twenty some years ago. Or whatever. I mean, there was like, some I'm controversies that spurred that, right? Do they still make the casinos called the Big Game? Yeah. <laughs> They just need the to they need call it the superb owl. owl. Like nobody's going to get owl. that shit for that. So David, I could good that that's actually segues into a good question, which is ultimately like let's just say that there is some impact of public money in Las Vegas. Does that trickle down to every sports book? Does that trickle down to 
all the, you know, the DraftKings in the other states and then even in the offshores or the offshores just stay what they are irrespective of what's happening in Vegas? Talking props, I think it could make a difference. I mean, especially when you consider some of the, the props that are like, I'd say harder to like bet the, you know, like the, the, the safety type props or the two, I think you could see public influence on those type props. Will it spread? Maybe. I mean, you still have to, uh, you have to really be solid at this to like do things like bet no safety over and over and over again. I actually, I bet no safety once in the game, they scored a safety. And I said, you know what? This is no fun. This ruined my fun. I'm not doing it again. And that's me. I mean, there were safeties in three or four years. You remember that Zach? Yeah, I think we laid minus five fifty no one time. Um, <laughs> like, it was literally three or four years, and two of them were the first scores. Yeah. To put the five fifty in perspective, there was the, the, perspective, there was like, the intentional grounding. I've never seen an intentional grounding where a guy throws a deep ball down the middle before, but that mm-hmm. happened. And there was the Peyton Manning, you know, mm-hmm. like botched snap on the first play over his head. Right? How different does the pricing of no safety go from year to year? It's, I oh. mean. Do you out bother repricing it or not? Oh, really? Oh, 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 not for us, but for the books. Right, right. But for you, what's that number? And it's, I assume it's pretty consistent every year, right? I mean, I haven't changed it. I think it's like minus 1600 or something like that. But, but the thing is, it's the pricing offered by like the fan duels and DraftKings of the world. That's never a play. It's like specifically in Nevada. It's specific to a sportsbook manager that has to answer for a big loss. Yep. So they, they're going to write some back. It's, it's it just all depends on the motivations of the you know the, the the people. But in a lot of the other places, they just make the spread so wide, right? That there's no opportunity mm-hmm. to do that. And so ultimately, what you're saying is, they are literally trying to get people to bet no safety because they just want some like yes. non liability mm-hmm. right. in case in case it does land on on uh, a safety. I mean, yeah. there's a lot. So you're of basically fun. you're basically just yeah. you're basically just yeah. taking you're taking a little bit of risk off of the sports books, you know, ledger at what they know to be value to you. Essentially. Yeah, they know yes, they're but- going to get yes action, and and that year that the the snap went over Peyton's head for the first play of the game, I think it was either like Cornegay or Jay Root or somebody said, yeah, it was great to start off the game a half a million dollars in the hole. You know that that's never a good feeling when you know the first play is they had so much liability on the yes safety that and the yes safety first score of the game on top of all that like it's he was just trying to they're just trying to lay off a little bit you know where it's not going to be the the worst thing in the world if it happens anybody earning money in sports gambling or really any gambling is is trading like the the variance for someone else's entertainment you know theoretically theoretically if you're earning money whether you're a sports book or a, a, a better who's successful you should generally have the uncomfortable side because you're selling the entertainment of the comfortable side to the player, to the, I hate the word recreational, but to the, the guy that wants to just make a bet. The guy that wants to make a bet and have an uncomfortable side, they want to have the comfortable side. The over, the favorite, the things that are going to happen more often, maybe under in live betting these days. And as a as anyone making money, like I said, sportsbook or better, we're, we're selling that to them. You know, and we're, we're taking that uncomfortable side, rooting against the safety, or, you know, et cetera. And if you think about it, what the books are actually doing, is they're paying us to insure something a little bit and we're doing it at a price that's like we're, we're reinsurance. We're doing it at a price that is good for us and it's not too expensive for them. And so, yeah, in this case, up, I mean, if you think about they, it ends up making their, it, it ends up, yeah. Writing some of it back ends up giving them an even better effective price. 
right? It's like they're taking less action, but at a better price. What are some other examples of bets that you are going to reinsure? I mean, I, I assume it's like oh. no overtime, no two-point conversion, those types of things, or are there other things that, you know, like, again, we what we're trying to do is give our listeners some level of value for listening to us. And so what what would you tell them to look out for specifically on game day? Is anyone posting I mean, I nose on first touchdowns? Nose on what? First touchdowns? You mean like whether or not be a touchdown? I would think might add up. No, whether, <laughs> like no, like two-sided markets on first touchdown, essentially. No, I mean, I don't think so. That's one that if anybody would, it would be Circa. Why don't we ask Matt Metcalf or Jeffrey Benson? Well, or, sorry, Metcalf Jeffrey is no Benson longer at Circa. I was like going to say Jeffrey Benson. Why don't we get him to do that for us? Maybe we could. For us. But I, I don't believe thing. so, Matt. Circa would be the only one that would do it and make sense because – all these these other markets would just be showing how how much juice there are you know like DraftKings that they didn't knows they had no prices on some of these these you know first touchdown markets where they have a huge hold percentage it would be like a yes three to one no minus nine hundred or something you know it would just be ridiculous because they're offering such a crappy price on the yes so they would kind of be exposing their you know their their juice there you know Circa's a little more fair with markets like that so you could you know maybe see McCaffrey know you know with a decent price that might get some action but yeah that I mean that would be something that I mean I don't I think the first touchdown market is so widely bet where the the book can kind of not really have a tremendous you know liability on one particular person because they're going to you know scoop all the rest but which you know are going as long as they're offering fair prices they're going to get some action I see Answer is they do have yes, no's. Like, okay, so right now McCaffrey, yes, plus 425, no, minus 560. That's a that's a pretty fair spread. That's a small, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, if you want to bet no on Elijah Mitchell, like it's you're laying one to 325 odds and the yes is 60 to one, but that's kind of what you expected that range. Let's see, like Debo plus 900, minus 1440. Yeah. How bad is, what's the yes on Mitchell? That sounds like a decent 60 like, to one. Well, that's if, if if McCaffrey gets hurt, doesn't have to get yeah. hurt though. Like he has a couple he, plays in a row. If he needs a, if he bonks his head, right, or just needs a needs a breather after a, take a, a few being in too many plays in a row. Well, the angle here, and I, I, I it's funny. I, I said I knew nothing about props, and I just had it. So Mitchell, all, Shanahan loves Mitchell. Mitchell all year has been hurt. How do we know that if McCaffrey has a long run down to the one, they won't take him out and put Mitchell in? Like obviously they didn't during the season, but Mitchell wasn't available during the season. Could could that be something they might do in this game that they weren't ready for? That's a good point. I mean, his snap counts have been close to hundred percent. Like even even when he has the long run, the only reason Mitchell got a touchdown last game is because McCaffrey landed on his head weird. You right. Know, he Mitchell's play. been a solid running back for them too when he's healthy. Right. Yeah. He hasn't been. My point is he hasn't been healthy, and maybe that will change the the usage. It's interesting. I mean, I, I still think that McCaffrey's playing every freaking snap if unless he wants a breather. I mean, they've been managing his load for the entire year to try to keep him healthy so that he could be 100% available for these games. And if you look at what's happened in the playoff game so far, his snap count has basically been as close to 100% as possible, except when he's needed a breather on a play. It is. Not, it hasn't been Shanahan being like, "No, we're putting Mitchell in in this package." It's been McCaffrey being like, "I bonked my head." Like this, this actually brings up another point, maybe even more interesting to the Super Bowls in Vegas with all these people in Vegas able to like the bet. Like when I say all these people, I mean like with the teams, which is that a lot of these props 
inside information would be huge. Like, yeah. Let's just say you know that there's a special play to the third string tight end to, you know, near the goal. I mean, that's like an autom- you know, automatic bet. I mean, let, let's say you know that, you know, the, the, the game plan, there's a script. Andy Reid has a script, right? What if you knew that script? You'd crush the do. props. People know that script. So in a lot of ways, like this is the type of stuff that I've always like worried about. We'd feel like come, really come into the industry and that could just ruin sports and gambling. And why I think that these props, these known props really shouldn't be allowed. The fact that the fact that people are anywhere are taking bets on like what Taylor Swift will do. It's just, it's such a bad thing in general. We should, we should generally try to stick to betting on things where the information is even. The NFL should be doing the best they can to make sure the information is even so that this shit doesn't happen. There's a multi-million, billion-dollar industry that could just get ruined by everyone trying to use the, you know, Andy Reid's script to make prop bets. Well, I mean, I'd heard last week from someone I know who had someone very close to the situation they knew that said the chiefs would defer or would act, would receive if they won the coin toss mm. like and they ended up not right i think it was the chiefs it was one of those games yeah but Wait, so it's are like, the chiefs, but that information's the out there and, and think about that if you knew that like the first quarter bets suddenly have a lot of value right uh first half bets have value like it's right. i mean there's so much you can do off of that um i mean the super bowl, especially you can with the super bowl even more because because there's bets like which team will get the first first down which team will punt first like right you know which team will have the first kickoff return like i mean you can you can bet it in so many different ways i mean i i agree with what you're saying matt let's say the captain this would be interesting the captain the guy that calls the toss or whatever especially if it's like a lower like talk about it like a weird like like could could like legitimately argue he didn't affect the game and like have a huge fix this is why there's all these props are i mean think about the assist betting the nba is always the one like why are we betting on assist in the nba it's literally a dude making like 80k that says assist or no assist and that's what we're betting on is wait is assist a judgment call yeah Really? There's there no isn't like some objective criteria, like yeah, a, you, you can a look certain at number like some, of dribbles in a pass. Yeah, and so some teams have a lot more assists in their buildings than other teams. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna add one to like to this for football tackles versus assists, official scores. Uh, there yep. are a hundred percent team effects there. There's certain yep. teams that at their home stadium, there's a lot more assists, mm-hmm. and there's certain ones where at their home stadium, it's a lot more solo tackles, and they're yep. less likely to give a guy assist who might like you know very meaninglessly participate in it like you don't even you don't handicap the players you're handicapping the score and who's the score of the super bowl and then you are what if the score of the super bowl what if the score in the super bowl talked to somebody in a bar the night before and he was like hey you know i'm gonna give out the assist tonight and that guy happened to be somebody with like the ability to i mean this is why this shit's just so bad like, why are we betting on this shit like can't we just bet on the stuff that, that, that everyone knows the information on it's not like a, somebody's judgment call betting on it because we because i it's think it at a level of a Super Bowl, it's it's going to be several people with eyes on it that are going to make sure the judgment call is is the correct for you know was it eight yards or nine yards? I mean the assist thing, even at the at the, I get what you're saying. There's some there's some guy at the in the box that's you know saying yes or no, and it's, yeah, it might make a difference for like some Division One school that nobody's heard of, and it's a volunteer. But you know at the highest level of NBA, I feel like there's got to be some accountability there, and if there is some something that that looks a little bit off with the way the guy is grading assists or not one night that it would be looked into. I mean, we, we're the leagues are trying to avoid scandals. My, my point like is official I'm not score sure in baseball, now. like hit versus error, mm-hmm. like such a judgment call. Like it's 
100 well i mean let's 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 talk about let's talk about the the way the clocks run right i guarantee you you know like and i always say that the 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 people that run the clock should be someone that has a bet on the under or bet on the over or basically vice versa like one person has a bet on the under one person's bet on the over they're running the clocks because the under person's obviously you're like because i you guys know when we watch these games and we see that the clock runs an extra two seconds, we're like the only ones that notice this, the people that have money on the over or the under. College sports. But I guarantee that's going to happen in the Super Bowl. Like to your, to Zach, I, I hope that you're right. But I also know that even in these big games, there's a lot of human error in these very, you know, things that are still run by humans where they're not, they don't have the same incentive structure that we do where we're every second matters to us. I mean, if you're betting so. on like high point against Longwood basketball, I've I've looked at these telecasts on ESPN plus and you know, there's some like like <laughs> the the clock operators, you know, are not very good. Well, that is some grad student or some undergrad running that thing. I mean, it's not like uh yeah, anyway. He's probably um, scrolling Instagram and forgets like it was like, oh oops, I'm supposed to stop the clock right now. Rufus, it's the TikTok now, it's not the Instagram. My bad. Come on. Okay, so what I wanted to ask, are there any inherent differences that are sort of like well-known and accepted about the Super Bowl versus a regular season game? You know, like the impact of the longer second half or impact of it being like, you know, the, the, the last like for a while, like overs were, what's that? A longer the, half They add time, time to the second half this year? Yeah, the longer second half. It's not really a half. It's a half plus one. No, what, I mean, do, is there any acknowledged differences? I mean, there's always been moments where people have had theories, right? Like difference in scoring in second half versus first half or games going over because of the longer second, the longer halftime. Yeah, exactly. Do you like, guys have any? The first half versus second half thing, I think Fezzik or somebody was always touting that the second half plus overtime is the right side of that because nine out of the last 12 Super Bowls, it landed that way. And there were some inherent differences in the way the Super Bowl was played that made that true. And I, I just, I don't think we ever bought it. And it got to the point where the price moved so much on the, you know, so many people were betting the second half and overtime that you would get like the first half plus a half plus plus one thirty, where it didn't matter if it was a little bit different, you're still getting a, a, a great price um, where you couldn't pass up. So, I mean, I, some of those, you know, it happened X out of the last X Super Bowls. I just, I, I feel like the the base, the base move is just to ignore that and, and go off your regular numbers. But, you know, I don't know the reason you would say that the second half plays different in the Super Bowl versus the NFC Championship game. The longer gap between the the longer halftime. But what's the funny long, is Fezzik was touted. Fezzik always touted the first half, and you're right. We were able to get second half late, like plus one fifty five, and it was amazing. And now apparently Fezzik is on the first half this year. So I don't know what happened to his narrative. Um, one, one thing that's interesting though, is when you say the last like X number of Super Bowls, think about how many of those involved Belichick and Brady. And remember how the Patriots, I think throughout the entire Belichick era, never scored a, f- a first quarter touchdown in the Super Bowl. So that to me is a, probably a huge driver of it. And And I don't know if that's their game plan or I don't know, but, I think if you take out the Belichick Super Bowls, I think it doesn't, the effect does not look very big. It's just a sample size thing, as Zach was saying. Any other inherent differences? David Al, you think there's anything or you think it's all just noise? I mean, you you wrote up in the notes before the show, you Jeff, you did, I, did I agree with about quarterbacks running more, 
going with more type of trick plays. I mean, the, the better quarterbacks is more now than ever, but they run more on third down, right? So they should also probably run more in a first or second down the Super Bowl, I, I, I would think. Mahomes definitely seems to be one of these guys that uh, that will basically, you know, run, run, run whenever. You know, maybe Purdy Gibson maybe doesn't apply on this one. That one maybe you know, an older player. I don't, I don't know. I think one other thing is that there's not load management for players. I mean, I think that's the whole reason quarterbacks are willing to run and sacrifice their body a little more. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. essence, the whole game is a third down. Right. But, but I think other st- star players are going to be playing more snaps than normal. And if you look at a guy's base production throughout the season, you're, you're especially with a team like a Super Bowl team, they've generally been playing with a pretty positive game script. I think like the average offense, if you look at like the average offensive play for the Chiefs this year, it was probably when they were up like, you know, a touchdown. And so you're going to have times when they were up, both teams were up, you know, 20 plus points in the second half and Kelsey's getting a bunch of snaps off then. McCaffrey's not in. Uh, And so like one of these teams is probably going to be losing for most of the game. And you're not going to get these, like you are going to see situations where teams are going to be having their best players in i mean if it turns into like the super bowls of the 90s you know the 52 to 17 games then i think you'll see a lot more of elijah mitchell and and sort of get like the no-name guys getting um getting some snaps but you know i don't really anticipate that do you think this is a situation and to your um to give credit matt to the book you guys wrote and we talked a little bit about this, but is this a situation where same game parlays may offer interesting opportunities because of potentially negative correlations to situations like would uh, Mahomes throw more in a loss than he probably would in a win? Because, you know, right now the chief's game script has really been to be pretty conservative and slow and get up and, and kind of like, you know, not take a ton of chances. At least that's what it looked like against Baltimore. Do you guys see that? Or is that something you guys will look into or is there too much other work? Roof? I'm sure there's holes in the same game parlay, uh, same game parlay products for the Super Bowl. I mean, just like any other game, but like you said, this is a great example of where like you're making a, making a product you're making a model where it's one size fits all and here you have a clearly not one size fits all situation the super bowl like what i think maybe the best angle and i hadn't thought of this until what rufus just said what you just said is i do think that the current same game parlay models are accounting for the fact that when the team is teams are winning the game they're gonna rest guys like that's a that's kind of in there so maybe you could find find spots where you're able to bet you know, Kelsey receptions over with an alternate spread of, and I'm, I mean, you have to just click on these over and over and over again until you find something good. But there, there could be a Super Bowl type situation with the, like Rufus said, the load management that the models are not accounting or accounting for less load management. You might be able to take advantage of that. I would think that would be something to be out there in at least some of those models. Okay. Other themes here. I mean, like on Sunday, Zach, you were talking about what you're going to be running around betting. I mean, I assume that's going to be a lot of, you know, like Mahomes unders, Kelsey unders. Are those, are those the things that will probably be value on Sunday? What are you looking to bet on Sunday? I can't imagine there not being value against Mahomes and Kelsey, um, you know, right before kickoff. 
you know, something, some usually something always surprises us where, you know, the public's in love with a certain player that we didn't expect, or, you know, some of the major, you know, kind of tout services were just all over one particular play that just moves way too far and, you know, surprises us. So we, we won't know until, you know, Saturday night or Sunday morning, but it, you, typically that's the way it is. You're going around and you're kind of fading all the, all the moves that have been influenced by the, the two weeks of public money on certain star players. Is there anything you've seen so far that's that way? Like, do you guys pay attention to what the touts are doing? Sometimes it just happens, you know, it's just evident, like establish a run or somebody releases a play and then, you know, somebody's reception number goes from four and a half to five and, you know, two and a half minutes or something. So, you know, it doesn't really matter which one did it, you know, because most of the time we're, we're still going to bet based off our numbers, unless we, for some reason, we thought they had some piece of information that we didn't when we made our numbers. You know, a lot of times it's just a temporary move that gives us an extra boost of value for, you know, a few hours or something. We're going to kind of knock it back down or up. I'm, yeah. I mean, look, it's like, this is not a football example, but you know, you know, Barry horse's telegram. Yeah. Yes. Free half he, point he, on, on half times. Oh, it's great. But I mean, I'm not like he can both win and give value to me. Like I, he released a play for like the golf stuff has been great when he does that. He, um, Sent out, I think it was Jason Day minus 120 over JT. Maybe it was JT posted minus 120 over Jason Day or the opposite. Anyway, I made the price minus 115. He released it minus 120. Like that's nowhere close to a bet. I ended up getting plus 125 on the other side. So it moved that hard. I mean, there's there's definitely like when when Ed from Right Angle Sports says there's no opportunities to fade Raz line moves, that's bullshit. Like have you guys noticed like more tout influence especially in the prop market like the last couple years versus past years i would expect it but i'm not sure that's actually a reality yeah definitely um as gambling has touched more and more people in more and more states there's more and more people paying attention to stuff like that whether they should be or not so you know when when the when a tout moves a moves a prop line it moves very fast and quickly and then usually comes back when the when just general public opinion that they think Kelsey's going to have 150 yards it takes a while to get there but you know it still you know moves in that direction so it's definitely been more of the the former there with you know all of a sudden something changed you're like hey what the heck was that oh it was you know it was um established a run or it was Barry Horse or you know one of the people who has a lot of influence on the market Rufus, you you mentioned something I think that's interesting around this this idea of of um, the touts moving lines, or in this case the the golf line that you talked about. In these situations, when this happens, you know, like as a as a better, like what what are the ways that you know, uh, like do you tend, I guess, in these situations, if the market moves a line in a way that you don't understand versus actually knowing that it was Barry horse or knowing it was, you know, do you fear that less, I guess. That's a great question, Jeff. I think no, right. I, and it's, it, I'll relate it to the, to a point you've made numerous times about you need to know where your edge comes from. Like, I think it's the same type of thing. I want to know where knowing where a line move comes from is generally not something you know. But when you do, you can really evaluate it a lot, a lot better. And I can say, okay, I know this move, you know, this wasn't inside information. That's like, maybe it was, but most likely it wasn't. And it's just an overmove. Anytime you're betting against like resistance against a line move where you wouldn't have bet anyway, you need to know why, you know, it's at that point, you're obviously betting against people that are 
also trying, and you, you you need to know, in my opinion, if you want to be a winner, you need to know who you're betting against and why you're better at that point. Whereas that's not necessarily true if you're betting the opener on something on Monday morning, you know, that type of thing. That's a well, great point. I mean, and, is- and we know that, that, that tout releases can steam things way too far. And so. And to, to be clear too, we're not saying that there's no value to the tout release. Oh, like they're, they're, Barry horses, maybe a, a good example where, I mean, I wouldn't bet against him winning, but certainly the lines move so far that if I had to pick one of the sides, you know, I think I'd pick the second one. No, and, and the thing is, it's not like I'm going to fade every single one. Right. There's yep. like, there's certain ones he can both be winning on his releases yep. and I can be winning fading because I am i don't have to fade all the time. You get to pick when to bet, when to not pick to and bet. Choose. Yep. And this, this goes back to the point you guys made in your book, uh, Matt, where you don't want to be betting against the market, but you're fine betting against someone's model. And in this case, in the berry horse situation mm-hmm. or in the or in the uh, Raz situation, you feel pretty confident that you're actually betting against someone's model versus the market. Like the market didn't steam this. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, I mean, if you talk about Raz, you know, maybe it would be the one in particular where they have such a long they have a track record of being right, not only of winning but they're right. They're very good at what they do. So I, you know, at least for me, and this is, you know, years past, I don't really know what they're doing these days, but I remember back when the college, the college football totals, the first thing I would do, I always want, I never subscribed to Raz and I never like tried to like, but I always wanted to know who they had. Sometimes I didn't even really care too much until the following week, but I wanted to go through what they might've known that wasn't in our models and then find that to use your going forward. And if it was a situation where there still could be a decision on a bet, if I could say, okay, they're betting on this because of X, but Hey, I know my model is stronger in this other area where they're not properly quantifying for their information. That might be a spot to just make a really big bet against it after the, after the move. But you know, if they're, if, if they're releasing a play, if they're playing it a play, they've got something good somewhere. And if you can't point to that, well, you better be nervous. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the game itself. I don't know if you guys saw Kevin Coles tweeted out about this like Mahomes. So the narrative going into this week, right, ultimately would be like two things. I think I feel like there's a lot of chiefs interest by the general public. You have Mahomes, you have this idea that Mahomes is now become their offense is much better than their regular season. And, Kevin actually put something out about like in the past that their performance has actually like Mahomes' performance has actually gone to the upper echelon of what his regular season performance was in this recent rise. He's been way above what he was for the regular season. So questioning, is this sustainable? Is this real? Are the drops gone on the Patriot on the Saturday on the Niners side? It's really the defense, which has struggled against, obviously green bay and and you know certainly there's still a lot of talent on that side of the ball so i mean what do you guys make of this game obviously the the analytics say that the the niners should be probably favored by more than the sort of two that they're at right now but do you think that there's any value in the side in this game or how do you guys think about this game broadly matthew david Dow is the most insight on that yeah i 
I think the wine's basically the correct one uh, to get a little nerdy for a second. Dude. It's always so interesting when you have a situation like what you just said with Mahomes, you have Kevin Cole, who's a super sharp analyst. And this idea that there's maybe Mahomes is better in a big game. Maybe, maybe he runs a little bit more often or maybe he prepares a little bit harder. The guys got young kids, right? So maybe when it's the Texans in the middle of October – Maybe he reads the kid a book on Tuesday night, and maybe when it's Super Bowl week, he says, you know what, I'll read you the book next week. Let's his wife read the book, and he's there watching film. I mean, this is the type of thing that, that – the choices that I make in my life. So I imagine he's making similar type choices that could affect. The flip side of that is he's – this is – they've gone, what, how many – four or five championships in a row? This is his fourth Super Bowl? Like, we're also taking the guy that keeps going to the Super Bowl and saying, oh, wait, the guy that keeps going to the Super Bowl, he's been better in the playoffs. Well, well, no shit. That's why they went to the Super Bowl. So is it selective bias or is it, you know, the something that, that's predictive going forward? That's a great question. You're, you're basing, you're trying to base something off, you know, five games and, right. uh, but yeah, he, he had to get there somehow. So he had to be great at some point. So Zach, in terms are, are of you also making those Zach and Jeff, are you also making these decisions on whether to read your kids a book or bed? <laughs> And and what what is the film study equivalent for you all? And, well, uh, I mean, uh... <laughs> I, I miss soccer. I, I definitely miss soccer games during football season, you know, versus you know in March. But uh, yeah, that's it's kind of a trade off that the family gets used to. No, I'm a perfect parent all the time, so I don't know. What, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you're alluding to, Rufus. Doesn't under, you don't um, understand so, the question. <laughs> so. What uh? So basically, we're saying like no value on the side in this game. I mean, Rufus, I know that. What did what did your numbers? I'm not, I'm not going to bet on the side. This? I you know yeah. what's funny is I don't even think I actually even ended up like. I mean, I I ran the code to input the data and all that stuff, but I don't think I ever put like, pay, like pasted my ratings in to see what they were because I I know I'm not going to want to have a bet on on the side on either side unless it's just value off of it's an off market type situation or one of these Super Bowl middles, but we don't have with, with such a, a small spread, we're not going to get a Super Bowl middle this year. I think the the play is um do a two team teaser and leave the leave the second leg open for seven months until next week one next year. You know, just yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm on, actually uh... doing a I'm doing a parlay. I'm doing a mechanical parlay each year of the no safety until I get to a, a real a real value. Um how about the total? Anything there? No, I don't. Yeah. I don't make total numbers, but it it feels a little high to me. It just does. That's just my. Given where totals have been this year, and and these the quality of defenses, and the fact you know, yeah. So the listeners okay. are after. I mean, I'm not. I'm not betting a total, but I'm probably gonna have a like. Clearly, I'm gonna have more unders than overs. So I think. I think the total being high is only a good thing. Not. So I mean, not the 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 actual full game total, but I do think that there's probably something to the idea that there's more variance within a Super Bowl. There's also probably more alternate totals. Like in other words, if you shop the totals, you can lower your synthetic hold on, say, an alternate total. And I would think if you're – like, if you want to spend a bunch of time looking for alternate totals, I bet you'd come up with an angle and then almost a no big line on, like, a 59.5 or a 35.5 that they, they could be a good bet. I mean, it, it feels like histori historically Super Bowls have been – higher variance overall i mean just based on result but again is this the first half versus second half thing like thinking about the like the 90s when you had 
these huge blowouts. And it was, I mean, I, I can think of some extreme Super Bowls, the 13 to three, the, then you had the Patriots Eagles game, which was really high scoring. That was a bad one. That was a bad one. All right. La- well, the Falcons last Patriots was a high scoring one. That was a good one. I mean, last, last year was couple of questions. Last year was high scoring. It was good too. So I mean, it's, it's possible. We, we didn't think it was going to be good after the first quarter. Last couple of questions. Okay. Best. Give me one Super Bowl bet. You've won slash lost that you remember vividly. Zach, I, I know what yours is. It's, it's the same. For it's they, the Rams three is, you know, that's not mine. That's, that's incredible. The, the, the crazy thing about the Rams three is like two or three years before maybe. And what uh, were the odds on the Rams three? Sorry that you got four. We got, we got 400. Through just 250 we, and then 225. Like it was, our number was like 200. But, but me, so I wasn't involved in that though. Zach and I were not working together that Super Bowl, and he had my old sheet and beat me with to the beat me with my own. He beat me with my own numbers to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just never shared so things he, with people. I know something like that. Uh, you had you don't you got like you didn't have action there too. I mean, Mad Dog had your had we your had a little bit. No, yeah. I mean but, it wasn't huge for us. But what I was alluding to the same exact as like you know I remember the two years before like we had when the the Mod Bradshaw like can't. Fall, can't take a knee and falls into the falls into the end zone because we had exactas on Giants 15. I think they just needed to run out the clock and kick a field goal for us to hit like some a score that would have been even even bigger. And you know, that one's you know stung that you'll never forget the, the losses just as much you'll never forget the wins and stuff like that. We had like all the exactas around there except what happened. It was crazy. Like yeah, if they would have had a no touch, a Mod Bradshaw no no touchdown thing, and then Mario Manning. Wait, and then was it Manningham that went over on after that? Yeah, because this is what Super Bowls do. They make Mod Bradshaw and Mario Manningham famous. <laughs> In the game David before, Tyree. we had the Kyle, um, the guy fumbled. You know, Kyle Williams. We had Kyle. San Francisco Forty Nine ers futures that year. Awesome. He fumbled two punts in that NFC Championship game, and yeah. they lost. I was I at that. That, game, that was a way. that one stung. Yeah. And then the Mod Bradshaw. I think we still made money that Super Bowl, but it was it didn't feel like a win. David, Samuel's going to return kicks, right? Do you, Zach, do you remember the moment? Do you remember this? It was my first Super Bowl working with as a professional gambler working with you guys. It was Saints Colts. We hit the exact on both, 31 to 17. That was when there was exact a value on, on common scores back in the day. Now it's not that way. But do you remember there was a Peyton Manning pass to Reggie Wayne on fourth down at the end that was incomplete? And we had like, and it would have gone, Wayne would have gone over on, Wayne would have scored a touchdown. Manning would have gone over on his touchdowns. Um, and <laughs> there would have been a fourth down conversion. And, and I just remember I jumped on trains back and we were like, like, it was, it was like, that was the moment. It was like the exact opposite of the, uh, the, the Tyree helmet catch that lost all those plays <laughs> at year four. See, that was, that was, drive, we just needed the drive. That wasn't end. the year before. I mean, it, it was the it's exact opposite of the situation though. Like, you know, he, he caught the ball versus not catching the ball. And, you know, it was a bunch of money one way versus the other. Matt, do you have any Super Bowl prop moments? Not a problem, but I, re- I remember uh, 2004, I think it was. I don't know if it was 2004 season or Super Bowl. The, the, the Eagles were playing the Patriots. And it was like one of the first like 
bets. And this was before I was even a, like a better better. I was a poker player and I, I had a bet on the Eagles plus seven. I remember watching the game in a, one of those like old school big game parties in Vegas that my aunt took me to. We needed the Eagles and the la- they were down by 10 points in the last drive. The, they basically got the ball with like eight minutes left down by 10 points and managed to like dink and dunk using like six minutes to score a touchdown to where they like the game was just over after they scored. It was like the perfect like co- like spread covering drive without giving the team a chance to win. And I've, I don't know. I've always remembered that one. Was that the Donovan? That was the Donovan McNabb. Yeah. His yeah, like they were huddling for like 30 seconds. We were like, what are they doing? Yeah. But, you know, it worked out perfect. Andy Reid and time management, right? Mm-hmm. He's learned a little since then. All right, guys. Uh, what is the last question? How are you guys going to spend your Super Bowl day? Like, what's what's the actual game going to look like for you? Uh, I think we're going to go to uh, to watch it at like an event room downtown. But usually <laughs> we'll be showing up right at kickoff with a whole bunch of tickets to log and not even pay attention to the whole first half. And, you know, just pulling for draw plays up the middle every play. Having having a few adult beverages probably. Last year I, last year I think I went with um, different substance than adult beverage, um, <laughs> and and was in the hot tub. Microdosing mushrooms in the hot tub, lots of fun. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> Matt, do you as a you know someone that had run sort of an in-game trading kind mm. of business? What's that in-game trading going to be like on Super Bowl? I don't know when, when, when I had some of the most fun the last couple of years, you know, to do, you know, do doing those games, you know, you know, pinnacle. And that was an amazing experience that I got to have, but that, that won't be the case this year. I'll be, maybe I'm taking my son's game for the weekend. Was, so I'll be driving. Was, were there any, like, if now that you're not on that side of the counter anymore, what would you tell a recreational better looking to bet in game? Any advice? You any, could probably beat it now because so- I'm I'm not running it. <laughs> but how how would you how what advice would you give them to beat it? Is there any advice? I mean, look look for, look for the edge cases. Try to follow. I mean, there's so many different outlets to bet into now. And if I mean, it's like a beating a dead horse. But if you have multiple accounts open, you're lowering that synthetic hold, and you know you're looking for looking for spots that the models are going to possibly get wrong and then being ready to make a you know quick bet on the into the operators that'll that'll take a bet with not too much friction in those in those spots can you use could you use chris's lines as the right line and then bet a pph like outside like if it's i don't know what chris says i don't honestly i don't know based based on your book your most recent book i would say no right I'm I think you mentioned. Not sure why. I'm not sure why you no, mean. No, I think you mentioned that thing, books that are considered sharp for one thing aren't always sharp for these other things. Like oh, the right. reason that Chris is sharp is because it's not because their openers are the best or anything like that. It's because they take this action, they move, they they move on action. They're market making book, but there's no market making. There's no price discovery that happens during live betting. It's model against model mostly, right? I, I think I think in general everyone would be very surprised especially in football by the lack of like models. I think it's a lot of times it's just like people putting up lines. And then obviously a lot of the, the operators that have the, the depth in their live offerings, those are imminently beatable, but they know they're imminently beatable. So they put friction on them. If you're, if you're a player that's generally trying to beat them, it's hard to get those bets down. I mean, also it's the Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl parties. I mean, this is another like maybe angle to look at this. People are having fun, like, 
I mean, I'd like to talk about my son on these six for whatever reason. He can't wait for the Super Bowl party. He wants to play the games during the, the Super Bowl, right? I'd like to do that with many people would rather do that too than I mean if you want to if you want to win live band the Super Bowl, you've got to be locked in. You know, think multiple screens, multiple accounts open. You need to really be it's helpful to have a, like a decent data feed from the game. I'm guessing the TV in America is going to be a solid 30 seconds behind reality. That's, you know, 30 seconds you're behind, you know, some possibly somebody else who has the information is able to process the, the next better the next, you know, analysis. Not even from like, not, I'm not talking about from a, like a past posting standpoint, but if you're spotting somebody else's sharp 30 seconds in order to like think about the right situation coming in to say a timeout, well, I mean, that's a, that's a big spot to your, to your, to your, to your competition. And there's a lot, you know, a lot there that goes into that. And, you know, so I think, yeah, that's, that's. All right. Can I, can I ask one final question, Jeff, on a, on sure. a different topic and something that's kind of yeah. become a big thing in the last day or two. And I think you guys might know where I'm going here with uh, apparently potentially DraftKings being on the hook for $210 million from what I've heard on, on parlays with. Wow. Um, that's what the number is. Well, they, this is what, this is. Uh, Rufus, I mean, this describe is just what, what I've this heard. is. Cause this is, this is. You're talking about the golf thing, right? This is the golf. They, for those of you that don't know uh, the Pebble Beach program, um was declared final shortened. after shortened to 54 holes because they had like 70 mile an hour winds and this big storm there and the course was basically not playable the next day either because of weather and damage so what was interesting was that on the telecast all day on saturday for round three jim nance and company were talking about the fact that the tournament could get shortened to 54 holes it was a very like players knew that and and so there was a little added pressure that day or added urgency to go post a, a good score and so when Wyndham clark shot a brilliant 60 and took the lead you know they were like well that might they were actually talking about on the telecast that might have just won him the tournament right this wasn't anyway books had their live lines up assuming it was a four-round tournament and DraftKings. I don't know if other books had this, but I, I saw a slip someone posted on Twitter where you had a parlay of all the guys that were in the top 10 at the end of like round three, basically to, to finish in the top 10 for like $20 to win like $700,000, which if the round four doesn't get played is a winner. And I think it was like right before the round ended. And so the question is, do they pay like what, what happens now? Do they pay? Um, That's what a you guys great thoughts? example. This is exactly what we talked about in the book and in interception. Like this is exactly what to look for. You've got a model, you've got a an attack surface area that the book has to cover on these same game parlays is huge. And one miss, like missing the idea that hey, the 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 the, the golf tournament might not last longer. So a simpler example of the same thing. Whenever the live, whenever live betting started, like really started, like maybe this is about eleven years ago, in baseball, they would. You know, you had the lines posted and the game, you know, the, the, the money line had to go five innings and the spread has to go nine innings. And I remember like arguing like, hey, you can't really do that for live betting. If it starts raining, all of a sudden that one run game, the line is much bigger. Right. And now we've got in this case the same thing, but on a huge scale where they're able to like parlay all these things that are like stuck together. Like this th to me, this is like the absolute pinnacle example of of what. Ed and I say an interception of exactly what to look for to take advantage of. And man, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say anything like negative toward like, like any regulation or anything, but don't they almost have to pay this? 
So do like for me, I think it's different. The stuff that was placed like during the turn during the round versus like the stuff that was placed after the round was over, like basically, you know, which to me feels like just taking a shot with something where, well, cause doesn't like in Nevada, the rule is a bet has to be decided on the field of play. Right. And so, I mean, that's why you can't bet on like the color of the Gatorade or whatever. I mean, actually, I think the rule is it has this to be why these the box score or something. This like is that. the, this is the problem with carnival. You've got a carnival game. If you've got a carnival game and that's, you know, throw some darts at balloons and let's say if you hit 20 in a row, you win a lot of money or something. And then you have the Zach White and me dart lookalike show up at the, at the, at the carnival. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I mean, this is the, this is the problem, right? You, 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 it's a carnival game. You, you, you're taking a bet on somebody that somebody could have a huge edge on, and then you've got to decide whether or not to pay it. It's just not a, it's not a good gambling endeavor, in my opinion. But the the reality is, Rufus, if if they had played and all these parlays had lost, they wouldn't. No one would be talking about oh. the parlays being, re, you know, like them needing refunded. To, I agree. However, so it's, it's, when you they, when you can bet twenty dollars to win seven hundred thousand on something that is a sure thing basically, or not a sure thing, but is in essence 50, 50 or better. That's a pretty, uh, that's, that's a pretty enormous EV. But isn't it the, isn't it the sports books fault for just not taking the lines down or not, you know, like, oh, I if, think it's if, totally, if they, they're, they're, they're totally to blame, but I think Matt's point here is, I mean, and, and you have the outright market too, but then the fact that they, the fact that it's 210 million and not like a million or two is due to the fact that it's all these parlays that they allow. And, and I think it, to Matt's point, it's a systemic problem and and it's not a black swan event. It's like completely predictable. But the thing is, there's so many unusual events like this that happen in across all sports, like, you know, eventualities that the books cannot be prepared for all of them. And they just like, it's like, it's, it, it reminds me of, you know, the Caesars, William Hill sports, um, app, sports book app in Nevada last year, crashing on Super Bowl Sunday. And it turns out that I mean, this is an old piece of technology. There was one person that knew how to fix it. And Mitch. he was retired. He lived in Pahrump, Nevada, and rode his motorcycle every day. Like, this was the key man. They didn't know he was the key man at the time. But they built all this technology on top of a foundation that this one person it was the only one who understood. And so, it, to me, that's kind of a, a example of, like, it's like you build this big, shiny house with all these bedrooms and a pool table and... Like, you know, Train wants to put in a popcorn machine and a slide down three floors. That's what Train likes for how, you know, but, you know, you don't have like a good foundation. And so it's like, if it wasn't this, it was going to be something else, right? Wouldn't, yeah. been, wouldn't this particular example with the golf have been preventable with one line in the rules that says, if you're betting at the end of round three, we're expecting 18 more holes to get played for these to have action? Yeah, Circa put a thing that said in outrights, they said, 72 holes must be played for outrights after the end of round three. So, but sure. that requires, but, that, about. but there's so many different, right. Like requires the book to do their job. Well, I mean, yes. It's not, uh, and not, yes, exactly. And to be alert and is that, is to, that to do their job well, or just to do their job correctly. I mean, that's like, it's like, but th there are going to be things that like, that just slip by. Like there isn't a, if there isn't a system for this kind of thing, like these things can happen. But, but the bigger thing, though, is just the fact that how much they can lose on something like this because of all the surface area and because of all the carnival games. I mean, th these are predatory products. The reason they're predatory yes. products is because they're, they're, they're holding a lot more money from, I mean, watching ESPN and the guy's telling me to make it some four games, four 
prop bet same game parlay. I run the math. I'm like, this is like a minus 50% bet the guy on TV is telling me to make. And to me, it's like, so if you want to have a system where your goal is to like try to talk people into as many different tricked up bets as possible with this, you know, where they're going to lose half of their money, like they have no chance to win. You're going to talk them into depositing. Then you, you with social media, the ESPN, you're going to talk them into depositing, and then you're going to hold 50% of their money and not even really give them a chance because you're, you're not actually running anything close to a two-way market where people are betting and you're collecting a hold, like the way people think about financial markets and the way people think about like more of the old school type book. If this is how you're going to run your business, I really think that when you, when you have too much out there and you make a mistake that somebody happens to click on and wins your $200 million, well, too bad, so sad, in my opinion. No sympathy for the books, right? It reminds me of that picture with Krakenberger standing outside the Orleans with the, the bucket saying, oh, we're, we're, we're collecting donations for the bookmakers who, who finally had a losing weekend. You know, Right. And now this is so different than a situation where, like, maybe you have a two-way market and you don't get the line down after the third round. And then you have a couple of your most predatory players, like the people that are looking to take advantage of every little, like, mistake come and say you know pass post you to me that's one example and here i mean you have a have a situation like this you're gonna try to off you know try to offer somebody you know whatever it was seven hundred and fifty five thousand for their twenty dollar bet it's just such a that's such a predatory thing to me that when it goes wrong well pay the man all right. I mean, the, I think the that's book a good kind of note. risk losing credibility too if they don't. I mean, if it if the word gets out that they they voided all these and you know that then people are like you know well screw them I'm not going to bet with them. The general public can make that determination. You know just just by that one little piece of information, you don't have to be as sharp to understand that these guys did did these people wrong. Hey, I offered you well, a product, gave you a chance at a lottery ticket. You know, I was going to take your twenty bucks bucks had it not won, but you know, right. it won, so I'm still going to take your twenty. Or I'm going to give you right. your twenty bucks back. Well, I think there's certain people that are also saying this is looking at it as like, oh, look, these ones are these people are trying to pull a fast one over on the books, right? That's what they were trying to do. Yes, of course. And so were they all trying to do that or could somebody? Yes. Have had a yes. No, so nobody's freaking parlaying the guy. All the guys that are actually <laughs> come on. Come on. Now. No, 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 it like, wasn't. But Rufus, it wasn't. So I think that in my mind, at least, right, it wasn't risk free. There was I mean, some it's, risk, it's right? the it's effectively. I mean, it's it's close enough that it's uh, that it becomes like a quote palpable error or something like that. If like that the it's like it's it's as risk free as uh you know betting a plus seven or a team that should be a seven point favorite when you see the book offers them plus seven, right? I mean, it's 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 a error. Like I don't think it's it's not a palpable you think, error. So you think it's, it was a you think it was a palpable error? Or mistake no, no, no. It wasn't a palpable error. Up. I'm just trying to talk. I'm just trying to give you the equivalent of how how off it was. It's like an extra zero, like many extra zeros off. But you're right. It wasn't risk free. But and and I, okay. I I I kind of agree after what Matt said. That the book. I mean, I think that the book should have to pay. But also, if I grew up. I grew up. I learned. Well, no. I I think for me. Personally, I don't like those types of bets. I don't think it's great for the ecosystem. People trying to take it like angle shoot. I mean, I grew up, I learned sports betting world in Vegas. You know, I worked for odds makers and odds making company with people that had been doing this, you know, in some cases since like the seventies. Right. And so at least early eighties, but probably seventies. 
And, and so I kind of like, like my viewpoint is definitely informed by that. And, and there's sort of like the spirit of the game. That's kind of how I learned about it. Right. And so to me, it's like, was this in the spirit of the game for the better? And where is that line? Like is betting a correlated parlay of minus 37 and over 51 considered in the spirit of the game? It actually okay, was. Rufus, I'm going to, I'm going to let, let me, let me, let me, end, let's, let's end this conversation because we've got going over an hour, but I'm curious about this. Let's say that the weather forecast for whatever reason was not nearly as bad, right? They were like, Oh, it probably will be fine, but there's a tiny, tiny, tiny chance that they might not be able to play. And then all of a sudden, all of the weather forecasters were wrong. And the next day, it just poured, poured, poured. Like no one could have anticipated except for a few betters that just wanted to take a shot. That's a good question. So. No, you're right. I mean, it's anyways. a good, and, and I don't know, like to me, it was like, okay, this was like widely known. It was being ta talked about on the telecast. But it like, was like, clearly the book just fell yeah, asleep but on so it. That, but, but, that, but that's the sports book's fault, right? At that, at that time, a... because if it's that widely known, then there, there's no way they should still be offering those that opportunity, right? No, like, sure. and, and you know what? I, I, I know this about DraftKings. They into, have into a product that takes that line down. The sports book should have the software already built. The money should be into the software. If they don't want to pay, they should have put the money in to where the guy bets twenty dollars and win eight hundred thousand. The first thing that should happen is the line should come off the board, and somebody should say, "Wait a second, why did he do that?" If the money, instead of going there, is going to go into another commercial to talk another 21-year-old college kid to lose money he doesn't have on a game at minus 50%, then I think the book should have to pay when they don't get there on it. I agree. And okay. I don't think they have I don't think they have a system to do that. I think that's the problem. They're they're they don't have a foundation. They, they, they don't have the money's not going there. I, I trust this, me, one hundred like percent nobody is paying for the product. And that's why I'm on a podcast now, and that's why I'm not doing the Super Bowl, because these places are not paying for this. If they're not gonna pay for it, they should pay for it. You know why they're not paying for it? It's because right now they just they just keep breaking in money. Like they're making money hand over fist, and it's this huge convoluted and web. They, they can keep doing it if they're not going to be out of control. They can't manage their own thing. I mean, Maybe this it's will show them to. they have to. Like, uh, I actually... like it. This is a lesson. This should be the lesson. It does teach them a lesson. I, I yeah. If anyone yeah, makes it to the I end of this podcast, good... you know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good note to end on. Uh, good luck to everyone in their Super Bowls and their Super Bowl picks. Zach, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and hopefully we'll talk to you guys all again again after a 49ers Super Bowl win. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. As I mentioned, this episode was brought to you by Splash Sports. You must be 21 years of age or older in Massachusetts, Iowa, Arizona, and Louisiana. 19 years of age or older in Alabama or 18 years years of age of older in other states to enter into a paid fantasy contest. Yeah. Rapping rockers. Jeff Ma. Rufus Peabody. Crunching all the numbers. Massy Peabody rankings. We'll, 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 we'll look for the edge. Analytically driven. Crunching all the numbers.